Hi, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Mailing It, the official podcast of the United States Postal Service. This is Dale Parsan. Today, I'm on the road in Philadelphia and will be hosting the podcast solo. I'm here in the old city section of town. You can't walk more than a block or two in this neighborhood without seeing a historical landmark that dates back to the earliest days of the United States. That includes the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, and the place I'm currently standing in, the B. Free Franklin Post Office and Museum on Market Street. The B. Free Franklin Post Office is a three-story, red-brick, colonial-style building. It was created to commemorate Benjamin Franklin's contributions to the United States Postal Service, which were many. In this episode, we're going to get an inside look at the B. Free Franklin Post Office and Museum and talk about Old City's unique history. Our tour guides today are Sylvia Heron, Acting Customer Relations Coordinator at the Postal Service, and Tammy Scott, Supervisor Customer Service Support. Both work right here in Philadelphia. Sylvia, Tammy, welcome to Mailing It. Thank you for having us, Dale. Dale, thank you. Happy to be here. Sylvia, before we get started on our tour, it would be great for our listeners to hear a little about what you do at the Postal Service and why you love this neighborhood so much. I'm the liaison for the customer issues in the 29 Philadelphia stations. I also do special events. Uh, I'm the coordinator for the PCC, which is Postal Customer Council for the greater Philadelphia area. I do congressionals. And anything you need, you just call me at the Postal Service. Wonderful. Tammy, how about yourself? What can you tell us about what you do? Well, I'm a support to the field, which means that I take care of all of the bidding for the carriers and clerk, meaning that when they go to different positions, I switch them out to where they need to go. Wonderful, it sounds like we have the right people to help us out on our tour today. So as we all know, the US Postal Service has about 32,000 post offices. Many of them are rich in local history and can be found in really interesting locations, like even the bottom of the Grand Canyon or on a boat traveling the Detroit River. Sylvia, what makes this part of Philadelphia so special? It is a part of American history. It's where a lot of things started. Old City's historical significance, many of the Old City's residents live in restored 18th century row houses that line some of the country's oldest streets. Nearby, Ephraim Alley is America's oldest continuous inhabited residential street. The original cobblestone streets are still there. Some houses date back to 1703. The neighborhood also includes Independence Mall, where you can see Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, other historical landmarks include Betsy Ross House, and of course, the B. Free Franklin Post Office. So, on the topic of the post office that we're currently standing in, uh, Tammy, my, my first question is about the post office itself. Why is it called the B. Free Franklin Post Office? Well, first, let me give you a little history about Benjamin Franklin. The British appointed him postmaster of Philadelphia in 1737. His stamp cancellation was B. Free Franklin. A cancellation is the postal marking applied on a stamp to prevent it from being used again. Ben Franklin later became co-postmaster general of the North American colonies until 1774. The next year, he was appointed postmaster general by the Continental Congress. Oh, so the cancellation. That's that colorful ink that's applied to the stamps whenever I receive a piece of mail at home, right? That is correct. Wonderful. So was this building a post office back then? Or I remember through history and some of our other podcasts, many post offices were multi-purpose buildings. Sylvia? No, Ben Franklin owned this building, but the B. Free Franklin Post Office opened in 1975. 
Benjamin Franklin owned a large house in the courtyard behind five houses on Market Street. Today, the courtyard holds a ghost house and museum. Townhouse exhibits include a 1700s print shop, a post office, and an archaeological exhibit. Sylvia, did you say ghost house? Yes, ghost house. Well, now I gotta know. What, what's all that about? Well, once we walk out, we can go to the ghost house. Are we talking real ghosts? Well, depends if you believe. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that uh, this is the only active post office in the United States that doesn't fly an American flag. Why is that? Well, we wanted to maintain the history of the era of the time of Benjamin Franklin. So in order to do that, we decided that, hey, there would be no reason to add an American flag because there was none then. If you walk into the Be Free post office, you'll see quite a bit of history that is quite interesting. Great. So it's wonderful that we're talking about tradition and, and taking a step back in time because as we walked into the post office, I really got this sense that I was stepping back in time. Uh, the building itself is smaller, which is very akin to the architecture back then, and the walls are lined with memorabilia and history. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing small statues with examples of uniforms that go all the way from the 1700s all the way through 1955. And you can see the evolution of our uh, postal uniforms through time. It's really interesting, something that I've never seen at, at other post offices. There are figurines that show different postal uniforms over the years. 16 hand-carved, two-foot-high wooden figures dressed in postal uniforms of the past two centuries. The mailman of 1775, for example, is shown carrying a gun. Later, mail carriers wore police-style helmets and smoky bear hats. One figure represents the nation's first female carriers, hired in 1917 to replace men serving in World War I. As such as so many positions and so many jobs during that time, uh, women really had to step into these roles, and it's wonderful that we're able to capture that here and be reminded of the types of uniforms that they would have been worn. So as we're walking around, I'm seeing these large cabinets. I'm, ooh, I'm seeing old canvas bags and hats and, and emblems. Uh, do we know if these were actually in service or were they, at times, do we know who had them, who wore them? So yes, Dale, these items were actively used over years and they were donated to this museum so that our customers can get an idea of what it looked like back in the times of uh, the carriers delivering mail. It's pretty incredible to see them. I'm seeing a lot of etchings, a lot of, a lot of photographs showing older versions of postal vehicles. You can tell by the styles of the wheels, the styles of the clothing, just how much history really goes into the postal service that we may not appreciate today. That is so true. Uh, Sylvia, is there a specific piece in the museum here that, that you particularly enjoy? Well, I like looking at like the, the bag. Carriers still carry bags very similar to this one. So Except a canvas bag. A canvas We're seeing bag. a lot of wear, a lot of tear, mm -hmm. a lot of use over the years. So they really hold up well. Also, the black shoes. They still must wear leather shoes. Even though they look a little different than these, they still must wear them. Oh, is that part of the, the code? That's man? part of the uniform wow. for a carrier, absolutely. Okay. Black shoes. So again, we're, we're walking around the post office and I'm seeing a lot of things that I want to talk about, but something that really catches my eye are the floors, oddly enough. They look original and I'm seeing you know, various types of nails. Are, are these the original floors that we're stepping on? Well, Dale, these are the original floors. This is one of the things that are left over from the original post office. It's incredible that it's still around. I mean, I'm looking at all the different sizes. You can see the little bit of rust or a little bit of... of nail holes as Nail well. holes and sheen. 
it's, it's pretty incredible. And, and over here, I'm seeing a, a bust of Benjamin Franklin. Absolutely. That's a very good likeness. Uh, something that, that Tammy was mentioning before is a collection box. And, you know, Tammy was mentioning that traditionally we see the, uh, the metal blue ones or, or sometimes even green in some cities out on the streets. But this one is, is made out of heavy wood. I mean, I don't even think I could lift this up. Which probably it's means very I couldn't heavy. be a yeah. It probably means I couldn't be a mail carrier back in the day. But <laughs> is something like this still used? Um, it's used here. The blue collection boxes. I guess more safety okay. than this because this just lifts up. There's no lock on it. Gotcha. But we do use it in this post office. As you can see, they were dropping mail, dropping letters in here as we're standing here doing yeah. the podcast. And something like this, just for the audience, it's about. I would say about four feet tall, heavy wood. You can see the age on it. And it honestly just looks like a podium that somebody would stand at and give a speech. So uh, as you guys may not know this, but Yasmin, my co-host and I, we're pretty big fans of Mr. Zip. Uh, Mr. Zip really came on to the, uh, really came out for the postal service back when the zip codes were being introduced to the nation. And he became iconic. He became a way that people could connect with the Postal Service and they could learn more about zip codes. And I see here that you have uh, what looks like a, a hardwood hand-painted poster of Mr. Zip. And I, part of me really wants to take a photo with him before I leave. Uh, could you tell me a little bit more about the room that we're standing in and some of the items we see on the walls? Photos show mail being delivered by dog sled, by Pony Express, in horse-drawn mail trucks. Also, we deliver mail by bus. Out of this post office? Not necessarily out of this one, but some of the post offices in Philadelphia. Absolutely. Out of a bus? They go on the bus to their route. Okay, now you got to help me out, because I'm, I'm imagining a city bus, imagining a school bus. Are we talking minivan? What are we talking? Tammy, help me out here. So, what we're talking about, Dell, is exactly what Sylvia just said. The carriers wait on a corner for their bus. They get on the bus, they go to their route, and they deliver their mail. So, I understand that at this location, because of size limitations, you guys can't induct a lot of uh, mail that we would traditionally see, like packages and e-commerce, but is something like that, like these facilities, I understand we do their cancellations, but are there other services here at the post office that we're still able to offer at a, a location that's still so traditional? Well, Dale, I think the best person to answer that question would be our clerk here, Christian. She would be most equipped to help us answer those questions. So, Christian, I ask you, what services are actually offered here at the Be Free Post Office? So the services we offer here is selling stamps and taking prepaid packages. Um, tourists dropping off postcards, so we sell a lot of postcards here. International stamps, people from all over the world comes here just to get the Benjamin Franklin stamp on a postcards and also wedding invitations. How does it feel working in a location that has this kind of history? Have you worked at other locations before? And if so, what's the comparison like? Is there any sense of pride being at a location like this? Yes, yeah, so I do work at different post offices. This one has the most history out of all the post offices that I worked at. Um, here we get, like I said, a lot of tourists here, and there's a lot of history around Old City also. The other post offices are full-service post offices, which this one is not. So Christian, I, I noticed when you were just interacting with a, with a customer, a customer didn't actually have an envelope with them and you handed them a very unique looking envelope. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so they are the um, post office museum envelopes. So that's the, about the only thing we have left over from the museum that we could give to customers. 
wow, so it's a little bit of a commemorative takeaway. And it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing a small pamphlet, I'm seeing a, an image of, of Benjamin Franklin on the front, and I'm seeing some amazing art that shows, you know, the view from the outside from the front of the post office with the Be Free Franklin cancellation signature. Uh, does anybody ever come in just, just wanting a few of them? Yes, of course. The tourists that come through, the tour guide usually tell them what we offer, and that's popular also. Wonderful. It's the envelopes. Has there, any, has there ever been a stamp specific to, to this location? Not that I know of. Okay, well, maybe we need to make that happen. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so before we finish up inside, I want to ask both of you, why is this post office one of the favorites? Well, it's such a huge tourist attraction. As we've stated several times, people are so amazed by the stamp. They love the stamp. You have uh, brides, potential brides, who come in here to mail out their invitations, and they are so excited. I've actually seen when they're in here, and uh, you know, there's a cutoff time for when they can give their invitations, and that cutoff time may, you know, have passed, and they will actually start crying. Oh no! Absolutely, it is it is amazing to see, <laughs> but they actually cry, and usually the clerks, you know, they'll give in because they're great, <laughs> and they'll go, "Hey, I'll take your stamps. I'll just please stop crying. I'll take your stamps." Yes. <laughs> uh, well, your letters, rather. Well, we are so, here yeah. to help, so yeah, that makes absolutely. sense. Absolutely. We're customer service. So, uh, once again, it, it, it's such an amazing building with so much history. Sylvia, what about you? Um, this is a great area. The post office is wonderful. It, it's a great job for anyone just starting out or old timers like myself, 36 years in the postal service. So the post office has been very good to me. So I, I'd like to let all the younger people know how good the post office is, where the history came from, why we are where we are today. Dale, would you like to learn more about Ben Franklin himself? His museum is actually behind the Be Free Post Office in Franklin Courtyard. Absolutely, Sylvia. I'd love to take a look. Sylvia, so we're walking around. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more of the home, a lot more of what Benjamin Franklin owned. This place is a lot bigger than I thought. So what I understand, there was a printing press here. There are other businesses all, all owned by Benjamin Franklin. But something that's, you know, jumping out to me is I'm seeing this, the frame of a house behind us. Is this what you were talking about with the ghost house? Yes. Yes, Dale, that is the ghost house. We can walk right through there and see what else is going on as we head toward the museum. Yeah, I can see the frame of the home. I can see chimneys. I can even see it's two distinct buildings and I can see the walkway even framed out. And even now I can see tourists walking through taking photos. It's pretty incredible to know that that right where we're standing, Benjamin Franklin used to be. Absolutely. And all the things he invented, all the things he discovered. Sylvia, you know, it's great to see this. It's great to be able to walk through this ghost house. Uh, what can you tell me about the museum that sits just behind? The exhibit area is divided into five rooms with each room focusing on a particular trait ardent and dutiful, ambitious and rebellious, motivated to improve, curious and full of wonder, and strategic and persuasive. Videos, interactive exhibits, other artifacts, preferably those related to the Postal Service. Sylvia, Tammy, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with us and walk us through a little bit about this iconic uh, landmark. Oh, Dale, thank you so much for having us. It's been absolutely my pleasure. Thank you, Dale. Alright, it's time for Did You Know? This is a chance for us to share some interesting details about the Postal Service that most people probably don't know. Yasmin, how about you kick this one off? Sure. 
Dale, did you know that prior to the 1920s, many homes didn't have mailboxes? Uh, how'd they get their mail delivered? In cities, letter carriers actually just knocked on people's doors or rang the doorbell and waited for them to answer. You're joking. It sounds ridiculous, but that's really how it worked. That sounds incredibly inefficient. It sure was. The Postal Service had been encouraging homeowners to provide mail slots in their doors or adopt mailboxes as early as the 1880s, but mailboxes were slow to catch on. In 1916, one study found that some letter carriers were spending nearly two hours each day waiting for patrons to answer their door. That's like a quarter of their day. Right? Totally unacceptable. And if all that knocking must have done a number on their knuckles. I can't imagine. Some letter carriers actually carried wood knockers that they would wrap against the door to avoid the wear and tear on their hands. Other carriers used whistles to get residents' attention and spare their hands the abuse. But it was clear that things needed to change. So the post office department finally set out to establish a mandate. By 1912, new customers were required to have a mailbox or a mail slot. And from 1923 on, the order was extended to everyone. Well, I'm glad they got that sorted out. But speaking of sorting, did you know that the Postal Service used to sort mail while it was being transported? I think you're talking about the Railway Mail Service, right? Yep, that's the one. Where the workers sorted the mail on train cars while it was being transported between cities, so then it arrived and it was ready for dispatch. Am I remembering that right? You are right. This process officially started in 1864 and was so effective that postal officials in some cities started to wonder if they could do something similar with mail around their town. Did it work? Uh, Pretty well, actually. The first railway post office streetcar, or RPO, entered service in 1891 in St. Louis, followed by Brooklyn a few years later. These trolleys, which were painted white, would pick up mail bags at the main post office or train station. Then the two to four postal workers aboard would sort through it and repackage it for carriers at each of the substations. Clerks would bundle letters by district for each carrier so they could just take it right to destination. Where they'd have to wait around for customers to answer the door. (laughs) Right. But really, that sounds like a pretty smooth system. How long did it last? Unfortunately, not long at all. The service operated in only a handful of cities, and most of the cities stopped using mail trolleys by the 1910s, when automobiles really started to take over. Systems of pneumatic tubes also began to carry some letters underground in major cities, but it was the trusty mail truck that finally put an end to the trolley mail service for good. But they weren't able to sort mail on those. No, but they also weren't limited to rail lines, so they could cover far more ground. In the end, there was no denying that trucks were the most versatile choice. Clearly. Well, that does it for this installment of Did You Know? Dale, how was your trip to Philadelphia? Philadelphia was fantastic. It was great to put some boots on the ground and interact with some uh, some frontline workers. The idea of being able to walk into this post office that is just honestly breathtaking and how old it is, how old how it's still operating. Everything from seeing the old wood and handmade nails on the ground to seeing these uh, these statues on the wall. I think you heard it when we covered it in the episode. But it's uh, it's very very inspiring to know that we're part of an organization that's been around this long. Did anything really stand out to you as very surprising or not what you expected? Right behind the post office is this, how do I put it, it's a frame 
of a building, and it's actually Benjamin Franklin's home. So for if you take a few steps back, well, more than a few steps, if you're standing about 50 feet away and you're really looking at the frame, you can see where the chimney was, you can see where the windows were, but it's completely uh, just the outer, outer frame of the building. So you can walk through it, people are taking photos, and again, for there to be so much history just a stone's throw away from the post office is, is pretty incredible. I, I love that you say that because I feel that the early history of our country is so closely tied to the history of the Postal Service. It really is. And we've covered that in so many episodes, but no matter how many times we discuss it, it still kind of takes my breath away. Was there anything else memorable that happened while you were there? Were there a lot of other people also yeah. visiting this facility? It's it's a really unique facility because you get a lot of tour groups coming in. A lot of people who, because it's so old, because it's a part of American history, they come in and, and really want to share a little bit about that history. Uh, something that happened at the end of our recording, though, there was a choir from just outside Salt Lake City that that came in, and you know they were interacting with uh, with the post office, with the clerks, with us at a certain point since we were getting ready to shut down, and. After hearing that they were from a choir and they understood that we were doing a podcast, they actually offered to sing us something. So we we said, hey, go for it. They actually sang us the Star Spangled Banner. Wow. And Yasmin, I'll tell you what, that was pretty memorable. Such a small location in the post office. You just heard these beautiful voices resonating through the walls, resonating through us. And it was a great way to, to finish off the recording session in Philadelphia. Wow, that sounds like an incredible way to end this episode. Why don't we give it a listen? So we're American Heritage School. This is the Heritage Youth Chorus from American Fork, Utah, about an hour south of Salt Lake. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's With that, I think we'll call it a wrap on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Mailing It wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss the next episode. And follow along on Instagram at US Postal Service, Twitter at USPS, and on Facebook. <laughs>